welcome to another episode of All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scott Milos, FranchiseCoach.com. All Things Considered Franchising is a podcast dedicated to the entrepreneur, people looking to research and explore business ownership, or of course, diversify a current portfolio. Scott Milos, FranchiseCoach.com is an organization, consulting organization that I formed many, many moons ago. That helps people research and explore business ownership. Our no-cost uh, guidance, education, and research helps people aligning the correct business to invest in, or not. Um, I have to say, I, I'm, 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 I'm elated to have back to the show uh, somebody who, if you're in the franchising industry and you don't know who she is, then you've been sleeping under a rock. But uh, <laughs> probably one of the most exciting people in franchising, probably one of the most talented people in franchising especially franchising development. Um, I'm here to talk about her uh, new brand that she's with, Resting Rainbow. Welcome back to the show, the show, Jamie Levine. Jamie, welcome. Hello, Scotty. You're so kind to me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, you I don't know, know. You're, always, you're always kind to me and my clients. And, uh, you know, they're, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen you kind of get flustered in this industry, which is interesting because. No, it can happen. That's for sure. But it's more in my personal life more than uh, <laughs> yeah, the professional you know, life. I know exactly that feeling. And, and it's funny, as I said to uh, people many uh, in our last episode that we had you on the show, uh, you and Kim, who we had on the show uh, a few months ago, Kim Woods, um, are probably one of the first two people that I met uh, <clears throat> in the franchising industry many, many moons ago. And actually, you were also very instrumental in helping me kind of get to that next level and suggested I get into the consulting part. So, uh, so, uh, so the show. So, um, you know, Jamie, a lot happens in this industry. There are a lot of changes. Um, you know, um, you made a decision to uh, leave a brand that you had been with um, uh, and actually help uh, put on the map a little bit there. I mean, you, you put some big blimps on the blade off of, right off of the brand. Uh, things happen, management changes, whatever the excuse may be. Uh, but now with a company called Resting Rainbow, which again, still sits you into, fits you into the uh, pet industry because I think that's a, a passionate industry for you because I know you have your own pets, dogs. And yep. other things. And, uh, so tell us a little about Resting Rainbow and have you been and, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still love woofies. Um, wanna, and I still frequently speak to Amy, uh, one of the co-founders, uh, you know, still rocking the woofies tattoo. We'll never get rid of it. I love woofies. <laughs> and it's so exciting to see the fa franchisees that I brought into the system opening. And I just have lots and lots of pride um, for all those folks. And, and it's really exciting that I was able to be a part of a part of that. And uh, I definitely miss them um, for sure. Uh, but I learned about resting. Yes. Yeah. Change can be absolutely great. It doesn't mean you don't, you know, you're not sad to say goodbye or something like that, but you know, it doesn't just, just moving on to a new brand doesn't mean anything. You know, there's, there's no animosity. I, I still love that brand. I still, honestly, I still help pitch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I know the brand so well, like the consultants and even candidates I speak to, I'm, you know, are, are looking at woofies and stuff and, you know, and I still pitch it and talk about it and all positive, etc. So I love it. And that's, I think, 
I do that with all the brands I've been with because I love them. I fall in love and I take it very uh, seriously. So, but when I learned about Resting Rainbow, it really kind of blew my mind. Um, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, right? Franchise development. And uh, on this side, the franchise development, you know, after doing it for what, about 10 years or so outside of the, the uh, other part of the franchise world I was in, I've learned that candidates all want pretty much the same darn thing. <laughs> and, right. and this brand literally checks all the boxes all of them, but you got to get past what I call the ick factor, right? Yeah. Um, because it is it is pet cremation at the end of the day. And for some people, that's not going to work for them because it is sad and it is icky because you're dealing with a deceased animals. But you take that piece of it and you put it off to the side for a moment. And it's, it's like, oh my gosh, two to three unskilled employees. Nobody wants employees anymore, right? right. Um, it, it, you know, and it's unskilled, right? It's a high margin business. You know, our, yeah, we have an amazing item 19, eight pages long, and it's a 35.8% EBITDA. So for the first half of 2023, just for the first six months of this year, they did a hundred and um, $38,983 in EBITDA. Like that's just for six months. Wow. Um, it's crazy, but it's also can be semi-absentee, uh, absentee, which most people want today. They want their cake and eat it too. Um, it is section 179 eligible. The equipment lasts over 30 years if you take care of it. You know, it's a hub and spoke model. I'm sure you know what that means, yeah, right? So yeah. building out multiple territories, you're not like with a retail business or any or um, a restaurant business or anything like that, have the same cost of build out every time. You only need one territory with a cremator and the other territories or marketing dollars, the cost of a franchise fee and a, a vehicle for that. Like, so it's very, very scalable um, for a much lower price for that scalability. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is, is that it's needs based. There's barely any selling that has to be done. It's a kind of a, a field of dreams situation, right? If you build it, they will come like you. That's it. Um, and I'd love to dive into that a little bit more uh, further on. But but hands down, the most important thing about this brand, outside of the passion of it, is that there is barely any competition. I mean, think about it. Think of all the brands you represent, right? You know, even when I was at Woofies, there's multiple mobile grooming van business uh, right. businesses now. There's when I was at HomeWatch Caregivers, there's like a hundred HomeWatch Senior Care franchises and all these other things, right? There's really barely any competition in the franchise space or mom and pop space. In reality, in the entire country, there's only probably a little over a thousand pet cremators in the entire country. So when I'm working with candidates, I will show them like San Antonio, there's no pet cremators in San Antonio. There's one in New Braunfels and then there's four in Austin. But that means all the P, all the vet clinics, which is probably over 200 vet clinics in San Antonio or, or more, are using the one cremator, most likely in New Braunfels. There's so much opportunity and demand, and the supply is super small. So those are the things that got me super excited. Yeah. It, it, and and you, you hit the nail on the head on this business because it tends to be a passionate business. 
Um, this, you know, again, it doesn't fit into the category of sexy. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's uh, there is a, a, a an emotional side to this. I mean, it, it's it's uh, but there is a need. I mean, because today, you know, I mean, what is it? Every, you know, what is it? Every three homes, someone has uh, not only one pet, but two pets. I mean, it's yes, 70 percent of households have pets, 70 percent. And what's cool about this brand versus the other pet care brands, this isn't just working with dogs and cats. People are cremating everything except for fish, um, which is it's crazy. People are cremating their <laughs> Ferrets, ferrets are huge for cremation, believe it or not, and chinchillas and rabbits, etc. So it's it, it it appeals to a larger audience. Plus, ninety percent of people, approximately, are choosing cremation versus any other option um, because a lot of people don't want to bury, even if they have the re opportunity right. to. Because if they move, they want to be able to take those ash. They want to be able to take their pet with them. Or they want to be able to, like I talked to a person recently that wants to, every time they go on their kayak, they want to take a little bit of the dog's ashes to sprinkle because that dog used to go kayaking with him every day, you know? So let's talk about the, the, the skill sets here because it sounds like, and, 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 and you gave a real good detailed uh, uh, overview of the business itself, it's the financials. But there seems to be what we would call a sales aptitude this business. It's getting out. It's networking with veterinarians. Um, it isn't, you know, I don't think uh, people should think that this business is a kind of that uh, Willie Loman where you're knocking on doors selling crematory uh, services. So this is relationship building, getting involved in maybe doing, setting up a, a table at a, uh, at a, uh, a farmer's market or something. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. And I know this is an emerging brand. It, it, it's taking off very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but what are you seeing as far as a, um, uh, a skill set, uh, the type of a franchisee that you're looking for to be able to ward a franchise? Yeah, so first of all, the corporate location has done no selling outside of Google AdWords and pay-per-click, believe it or not. So the business that they've gained from the veterinarian clinics, they never cold called any of them. They just had that mentality that we're gonna build our our Google rankings and our reputation with the consumer business and then the vets will come to us. And that's exactly what happened. Now, of course, a new franchisee, I'm, I'm gonna encourage them don't do that because you can ramp up faster if you go and build those relationships with the vet clinics right. you know right away and at the end of the day the vet clinics need you they need you and i've had a lot of candidates like well don't they already have relationships with another cremator that is highly possible but vets can't charge their client until they get the ashes back so if, it, if they're taking way too long to get the ashes back because the demand is too high, they're going to want to work with you if you can get those ashes back in seven to 10 business days. They also, vet clinics usually only have a small chest freezer at their clinic for their animals that they've euthanized. So if that chest freezer gets filled up too quick and they can't get somebody to empty it, they can't do any more euthanasias until that happens. So the franchisee can come to that vet and say, listen, I will get you your turnaround in seven to 10 business days. We can work out a schedule where we're picking up pets, you know, a couple times a week, if you'd like, or every other day, depending on your demand. I'll also even buy you a larger chest freezer if you want. 
And then to kind of really put a little bit of icing on it is, hey, we can actually remove your medical waste for you, which um, because then the franchisee can do that for all their clinics and do a, a bulk disposal of that, where the vet clinics are having to do it at a smaller rate and it costs them more. So there's, it's very easy to earn the business from the veterinarian clinics because the demand is so high. But also, we have a multi-revenue stream, and we can talk about that at some point if you'd like. But one of those multi-revenue streams is partnering with a handful of uh, veterinarians that will do home euthanasia. So we, the franchisee, will advertise that on their behalf and, but, and, and schedule the appointment, and it's a, it's a combination of the euthanasia and the cremation at the same time. But it, all of the, the vet does all of that. They collect the payment. They do the euthanasia and stuff. So it's very easy to win a vet's business. And 75% of the business is coming from the veterinarians. But that's only because very few people know they can go directly to the cremator themselves. Okay, and so that that's where... So there is a direct selling to this and, and networking or whatever. Now, are there any special licenses that need to go with this? Uh, or is it per state? Um, you know, uh, I know to be a funeral home, I think you have to have certain licenses and of course crematory, you have to have certain lines, you know, if, if you're dealing with people, but anything on the pet side, uh, in the business. Not ongoing, Scotty. It's just that, and it, this is the hardest part. This is the hardest part. And it's the biggest barrier to entry, which is setting up your cremator in a location. Um, so you have to find within the County where they are EPA zoned for a cremator, right? Okay. And then you have to find a light industrial space where the um, landlord will allow you to put that cremator in. So the license is a air quality license, EPA, right? Um, so that's the hardest part. And so what we've done is we're, we've recognized in the entire country with our mapping program where all the crematoriums are whether it's pet or human. So when we turn that overlay on, we know that, okay, this area has cremators, human or pet, and we know that that area is at least EPA zoned. Now we can help them find a light industrial space to put it. Um, or it could also be done on agricultural land. And you're providing those services, helping people find the right location. Helping. We can't do it all, but we are helping. Um, so, yes. One of the big goals is to try to find second generation locations. Um, so there's this really large company out of Canada um, called Gateway, and they use a lot of different other names um, here in the U.S. where they are buying up mom and pops and then shutting them down to try to monopolize on that B2B business with the vets. And back this summer, the, U, uh, the FTC shut it down. They finally caught on and shut it down. And is I believe that they are trying to force them to sell off a bunch of, I think, close to 40%. And don't quote me for sure on that. That's a little bit of a rumor I heard. Um, but because of that, we know of locations throughout the entire country that are, we could potentially take over. And in fact, our very first franchisee is an example of that. Um, 30 minutes north of our corporate location in Opelika, Florida, we found one of those scenarios and we immediately took over that lease. And now our very first franchisee um, has soft opened there, um, just waiting for their cremator to uh, be delivered and installed before the end of this month. 
Um, so that's a, an, another opportunity we have. Interesting. We're talking to Jamie Levine, who is Vice President of Development for um, uh, an interesting concept, uh, again, for I would think for people who have a passion for pets and uh, kind of have a strong heart, a company called Resting Rainbow uh, Pet, Crema Pet Cremation, not necessarily just for dogs, but dogs, cats, and other related pets, except, as Jamie mentioned before, fish. Um, Jamie, uh, we talked a little bit about skill sets, um, you know, kind of that networking, um, you know, two, uh, one to two employees, uh, non-skilled labor, which is great. Um, talk about um, investment level, uh, you know, where are you looking to see your candidates in the financially? Um, uh, is this self-funded type business? Is it an SBA approved business? Maybe share a little bit more about that uh, with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Audience-wise, uh, I know you didn't really quite ask this, but I think it kind of all goes along with it. You know, it is a passion-based business. It is community-based. Um, you know, to really capture that consumer audience, you've got to create that awareness in the in that right. con, uh, that community. And you can just stick with Google AdWords and pay-per-click, but if you really want to kind of dive into it, do like you said, set up a, a table at Farmer's Market and, and work with other pet professionals to work with the ASP. PCA and rescues and stuff like that. But the biggest audience that I'm really finding is mostly appealed to this are other business owners. So I'm working with multiple other um, Amazon dealers. I, I'm working uh, with um, uh, franchisees from multi-unit franchisees from Crumble and Subway, um, School of Rock. It's, it's been very interesting. So the people who are already business owners are salivating over this um, because of that two to three employees, et cetera. Um, the investment level is on the low side, it's about 198,000. On the high side, it's just shy of 460,000. Okay. But this is the biggest difference between low to high is whether they are leasing or financing the equipment. This is a very equipment heavy um, asset based franchise investment. And that's good. That's wonderful because you can get financing easily and leasing. And because that cremator, which is the biggest part of the investment, starts at $120,000 for a two-chamber, but they can get um, all the way up to an eight-chamber cremator, especially if they're doing multi-unit territories, they should do something like that. Um, that can be leased. And because it lasts over 30 years, they can get a longer lease term, Right. Uh, also with SBA, SBA is not an approval thing anymore, uh, but when I joined uh, Resting Rainbow, I quickly went to Fran Fund and said, please get this, you know, find me some lenders, and they were able to do so very, very easily. They're like, yeah, our banks love this because I sent them the FDD, et cetera. Um, from a financial perspective on the candidate side, you know, we want them to have around at least 70,000 liquid and 300,000 net worth. Um, so it's all relative to what they can get for financing, those types of things. Registration states, uh, are you operating in red, all registration states? Just reg, uh, where, where are you in that? So we just became a franchise um, or in June. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball on registering in some of them. We have submitted our FDD to almost all the registrations minus North Dakota and Washington, I think Rhode Island, right? Okay. Um, so we are pending still in Virginia, Maryland, New York, 
uh, and California, like the big ones, uh, but in Illinois, but we have started that process. Um, we, that they should hopefully be fingers crossed before the end of 2023. Uh, so our cremator, uh, provider is based out of California. So we definitely want to be in California. Interesting. Well, it sounds like in an exciting type business, it's definitely outside the norm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, niche. You it's a niche market. Um, not a lot of uh, it's not a crowded industry. Uh, again, it's emotional, it's passionate. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I, I tend to keep people. I tend to tell people, my clients, that, you know, if you want to get involved in a passionate type business, you're going to have to have a little bit of thick skin, a lot of patience because it's, you know, you're dealing with people's emotions. So, um, Jamie, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and learn more about the opportunity uh, at Resting Rainbow, what is the best way to contact you or find out more information about the opportunity? Obviously, they can reach out to me, but if they wanted to, you know, start doing some initiatives. That was going to be my first answer. Call Scotty Miles and he will connect us. Um, but, of course, they you, they can check out restingrainbow.com and learn a little bit more about the brand. Um, they can reach out to me directly through my LinkedIn profile or whatnot. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what people do need to understand is we are an emerging brand. Like, we're a baby. And so we need early adopters that really see the big giant opportunity. The good news is, is we have one of the best item 19s I've actually ever seen in franchising. It blows me away how detailed it is. Eight pages long. And uh, so a new candidate talking to us, even though we're emerging, we have quite a bit of data, financial data for them. And when they see that big opportunity, if I can get them to to the point of looking at that data, they get pretty darn excited, especially when I share my mapping program and I say, look, you've got like two or three competitors and look at these 300 vet clinics that need your business, right? It gets pretty darn exciting, but they've got to be able to get past that ick factor, right, Scotty. Right. No, it, yeah. it, you're definitely right. I'm, you know, you know, speaking about emerging brands and I go through this exercise with my clients and you know, in, in regards to what type of brand are they looking for? You know, are you looking for that McDonald's, that Subway, or do you want, you know, the, the advantage of an emerging brand is, is that, uh, and I always use the analogy, you can always get into the office through the back door, if the back front door is locked. People are going to know who you are. You're going to have direct contact with the, the franchise war, kind of be involved in helping build the brand. And that can right. be exciting. You know, you get involved in a McDonald's or some of the larger brands, and and it's not a negative. It's, you know, you're one of 30,000 franchisees, or you can be one of 100 franchisees. And again, you're not necessarily getting in the back door. You're going in the front door or have to wait until the door is open, maybe have to leave a phone message. So, again, there are advantages to emerging brands of being part of it. Yeah, they, the legacy brands are going to be more rigid, right, um, because they've already set – the tone of what works, what doesn't work. They, there's going to be very, very little uh, flexibility or to challenge or change anything, right? But with an emerging brand like Resting Rainbow, there's, you know, there's still so much to learn, and there's going to be more flexibility there, um, more ability to be creative and offer ideas and and let's try them out, etc. But I always call them with an emerging brand. The first 10 franchisees are the most important. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. 
Like they are, it's so important for them to succeed. So if you can be the first 10 franchisees or really even the first 25 franchisees, you're going to be the puppy you're and and the puppies get all the attention, right? You know, I've got four dogs and when we brought our, my puppy, he was 10 months old, who's laying right here, actually. Um, he gets all the attention. The other three dogs were really not happy when he came home, <laughs> you know, um, they, they've adjusted and they realize that they still get love too, but right. you get to be the puppy and, and really be a part of it. And that's great for some people and for other people who are more risk adverse, it's not going to work for. Right, and that's right. why I say, that, that, you know, yep, that, risk that, adverse that, need not apply. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that, that, that's that, 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 that section that we focus on at Scott Milo's franchise coach.com that we focus in uh, risk tolerance, because if somebody has a, a, a low risk for tolerance, uh, then, you know, an emerging brand is not something that they should be looking at. Going to be walking on eggshells, you know. Uh, yep, you know, I completely agree. Well, um, maybe anything else, real quick, you want to share? I mean, believe it or not, we're almost out of time here. But anything else um, you want to share about the opportunity, the brand? Uh, you mentioned reaching out, going to the website, reaching out to me. But anything else uh, you think that's important to know? Yeah, I think there's just one last thing I would love to touch on is the fact that this is a multi-revenue stream model as well, which is another thing that most people want on that checklist, right? And it, and that is allows you to really create margins in a lots of different ways. So first and foremost, this is private pet cremation. Most of the competition that is out there is doing communal pet cremation. So it's another way to stand out in the marketplace. Um, and franchisees are not just making on money off the cremation. That is the bulk, but they're making money off of selling urns. Um, and urns are starting at $100 and go all the way up to $5,000. And the margins are insane. You know, a $100 urn costs us $5.30. So the margins are huge. Um, and people are going to, believe it or not, you know, you may call and be like, yes, how much to, you know, cremate my... Um, uh, French Bulldog. I've got French Bulldogs on my shirt today. I don't know if you noticed. How much to, uh, to cremate my French Bulldog? That'll be $200. How long does it take? Seven to 10 business days. I can't wait that long. Can you do it faster? Yes, we have a faster same day or next day turnaround, but it's going to cost $200 more. I'll take it. They don't even hesitate, right? right? So you can charge an over, you know, a faster thing. And then how am I going to get my pet there? Well, you have two choices. You can drop the pet off at our location or we can come pick it up in a very professional, dignified manner with a casket and a gurney and stuff. But we charge $75 plus for that. And believe it or not, some people actually want to watch the whole process. Again, $200 charge. I wouldn't do that, but people do. People want to have pet funerals at your location. That's $1,000 to $1,500. But we also do things with... Um, yeah, like I said, the home euthanasia, we do DNA testing. That is huge right now. Um, necropsy, as well as, believe it or not, cloning. We've only had one client do cloning back in August, but it was a $46,000 cost that that person paid up front. 
And I can't tell you exactly how much we made off of that, but it was a lot. Um, so, you know, th these multi, you know, revenue streams and franchisees, those new franchisees can get, you have had people say, oh, what if we, we work with somebody to do acupuncture? That's always a possibility to add to these potential revenue streams with, when you partner out with other, you know, veterinarians and stuff like that. So. Bottom line, I think it's a winner. I think I've been calling it a sleeper. I'm like, this is a sleeper. And this is something that is just huge. If you can just put that ick to the side and look at the details of it, it's exciting. I've been talking with my hands this whole time. Can you tell I'm French? <laughs> well, Jamie, it, uh, it, it's great to have you back on. We're real excited for you. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, presenting this to uh, my clients uh, and of course, uh, it's always great to hear from you uh, and, and, and see your passion in the business model. I mean, it's, uh, it's second to none. Uh, Thank here. you, Scotty. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking, as I said, to uh, Jamie Levine, who is Vice President of Development for Resting Rainbow. Uh, you can check her out on uh, uh, LinkedIn or you can reach out on the Resting Rainbow website. I am your host, Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising Podcast host and founder also president, CEO, and founder of scottmilosfranchisecoach.com. You can reach me at scott at scottmilosfranchisecoach.com. Go to the website, scottmilosfranchisecoach.com, or just give me a call at 860-751-9126. This is Scotty Milos signing off. Until next time, Jamie, have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Scotty. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.